Welcome to Embers and Wind. Are you feeling a calling to serve? What if answering this calling unleashes from deep within you leadership potential? I'm your podcast host, Keith Weedman. Blended three decades experience with knowledge from multiple disciplines to unleash hidden potential in others. In this weekly podcast, my distinguished guests and I will share what fuels us and how we serve. You will feel a gentle wind on the embers of service that glow within you. You will receive kindling for your capabilities and knowledge to build skills. You can utilize this gentle wind to ignite the kindling. You will be guided to do this for people you lead and serve. You can apply what you learn with people you love. Get ready to feel the gentle wind. I was sitting in an elevated chair in front of the room. There were 25 sets of eyes that were staring at me. I was in what was called the hot seat. It was like a director's chair. It was elevated because I was learning how to affect change in one conversation. Then my mentor suddenly said, stop. What are you doing? I knew as soon as he said stop, that that meant I had made a mistake. He only stopped us when we made fatal errors. We typically made the same fatal error. He asked me, whose agenda was I on? I sheepishly admitted that I had been on my agenda. Then he said, if you want to affect change, in one conversation. You must stay on the agenda of the person you want to affect change in. I responded, yes, I know this. Then he said, you do not yet know this in a way that is useful. He had said this to me and to all of us many times before. He was teaching us the difference between acquiring knowledge and applying knowledge to elevate skill. People confuse these two different orders of learning. And we were confusing it then. I'd be willing to bet that you still confuse it now. I know that I still do. Here's another story, an example of what I'm talking about when I say people confuse these two different orders of learning. I was standing in a hotel lobby and I was chopping at the bit to get into the conference room. I was really excited because the guest speaker was going to talk on vision. And I've been applying vision for the last two years in my work. I knew there was something that I would learn that I could immediately apply to be even more effective in my use of vision. While I was waiting to get into the conference room, I happened to be standing close enough to some of my colleagues to overhear their conversation. They had a very different view of the same session. They were bitching and complaining. One of them said, I don't know why we have another session on vision. We just had one of these six months ago. Another one chimed in. Yeah, I know. They're wasting our time. We already know this stuff. Not a single one of them was utilizing vision in their work. They were confusing these two different orders of learning. They had acquired knowledge about vision, but they were not applying that knowledge to make a difference in their work and to elevate their skill making a difference. Given their frame of reference, how much value did they get out of that session on vision? Depending upon the frame of reference that we have, 
we get value or we don't get value. I cannot remember what I got out of this session. What I do remember was that I was satisfied that I had learned something worthwhile. Here's a story that illustrates about how I confused these two different orders of learning. I read a book in 1988. It was written by Tony Robbins. It was called Unlimited Power. It was a great book. It was a very stimulating read. One of the key ideas that Tony taught in that book. Tony taught us how to change our emotional state simply by changing our physiology, given that I now teach how to draw a distinction between these two different orders of learning. Then you might believe that I immediately applied what I learned from Tony from reading his book to use physiology to change my emotional state. At the time, I knew how to change my emotional state in a different way. And the way I knew worked pretty well for me. Finally, in the summer of 2020, I participated in one of Tony's immersion events. And at that event, I learned and I started practicing changing my physiology to change my emotional state. It's a very effective way to change your emotional state. I speak now from experience, from taking this idea and utilizing this idea to elevate my skill to change my emotional state in this way because I'd acquired skill to change my emotional state in one way. My mind was closed to exploring a second way. Then, by learning the second way, I could compare the second way to the first way. I wish now I would have applied physiology to change my emotional state a long time ago. It's an effective way that is really brief and it works. In the conversations you have through embers and wind, we will always focus on two orders of learning, acquiring knowledge and then applying that knowledge to elevate skills. With each guest, you will not be the only one learning. I will be learning with you. What if you could acquire knowledge you could immediately apply to affect change in this episode? Let's go for it. You can find it useful to define change from three different levels. The reason why most people do not know how to affect change through brief interactions is the way they define change. You can actually define change any way you choose. The most effective way that I know how to define change is to alter the way someone perceives and responds to a person or situation. When you adopt this way of perceiving change, then you can much more easily affect change. Most people define change in this way, and I call this way level one change. We're talking about change that results from the forming of a new habit or the breaking of an old habit. And yes, it's true what they say about change. It's true about this change. You can also call it behavioral change. They say that it's hard. They say that people resist change, that people don't like change, and that people fail at affecting change. Think New Year's resolutions. Who do you know who made a New Year's resolution this year? Who do you know who's already thrown in the towel on that New Year's resolution? Perhaps you're somebody who's thrown in the towel on New Year's resolutions. 
Perhaps you've done this because you've failed multiple times at affecting change, at adopting that New Year's resolution and sticking to it. Yet you probably know people who are runners. You probably know people who only eat health food. You put my favorite piece of sugar cream pie in front of them and they'll simply push it away and say, no thank you, I only ingest health food. Once you form a habit, it's a lot easier to keep that habit going. That's why some people run five to seven times a week. Other people only eat health food. There's another way of perceiving change. Change can happen just like that, just like a firework going off in the air. I'm talking about change that results from perceiving differently. When you perceive differently, you can spark an immediate change in behavior. Level three change is what my company was named after. You have the ability to perceive any person or situation or repetitive pattern in multiple ways that more or less fit reality, most importantly, in ways that open new possibilities for the future. I want to give credit to Dr. Paul Watzlawick. He was the person who taught me about levels of change. He also taught me about constructivism epistemology. I'm not going to dive into constructivism today. I just want to mention that he was responsible for both. I'm going to focus instead today simply on changing how you perceive and owning your ability to perceive any person or situation in multiple ways that more or less fit reality. My favorite quote from Tony Robbins is relevant here. Tony says, quote, Life happens for us, not to us, end quote. When you look at the world in this way, then you can perceive people and situations, even this pandemic, in ways that open new possibilities to the future. You're probably wondering, if this is true, then how do I change someone's perception? Today, I'm going to focus on one way to change someone's perception. It's an easy way that you really can't screw up. As long as you're sincere, you can change someone's perception simply by giving them sincere, positive feedback. The more specific you are with the feedback, the more impactful your feedback can be. I teach people how to utilize positive feedback to affect change. I'm going to teach you how to do this too. You can apply this idea in a daily call to action to give sincere positive feedback to one person each workday and do it in a way where they can feel your positive feedback by the way you express it. You must then look for preliminary indicators that you have affected change, that you've changed their perception. One preliminary indicator to look for is a shining face. If their eyes are gleaming and their face is smiling, that's a pretty good indication that you have affected them in a positive way. You must also remember that perceiving is a creative act and that you can change someone's perception at one moment and yes, they can go back to perceive the world the way they normally perceive it. Change happens in a moment and change can be fleeting and this is why mindset is really important. For today though, let's focus on you changing the way somebody perceives themselves in their situation simply by you giving them sincere positive feedback and having them let it in. We've already focused on the nonverbal indicators. 
I also want to focus on the verbal response. If they respond and say something like, thank you, or if they give you positive feedback in return, these are both preliminary indicators that you've had the positive effect that you intended. What you're actually doing by changing their perception, you're evoking within them positive emotions. These positive emotions will elevate their performance, at least in the short term. I provided this same training in a 15-minute training module to a high-performance coach. I then provided her with four weekly friendly nudges. At the end of the fourth nudge, she sent me a response. What she said was, quote, wow, I love the work you are doing and the simple yet powerful and effective strategies you use to inspire and transform people's lives through positive energy exchange. I will definitely be intentional today and moving forward to make this practice a daily habit. You have challenged me and changed how I interact with people online and offline, end quote. It's important you understand we're talking about you taking action. It's only through taking action that you can elevate your skill to affect change in this way. All you've done thus far is acquire knowledge about how to affect change. It is only through taking action that you apply that knowledge to then elevate your skill to affect change. I want to take you back to that quote for a moment. She said, through positive energy exchange, I invite you to think about emotions as energy. Positive emotions are positive energy. Negative emotions are negative energy. You and I have the ability to generate within ourselves positive emotions and evoke within others positive emotions. Positive emotions elevate performance. If you coach clients and you're coaching in the high-performance industry, let's say you coach executives, then you probably are familiar with Brendan Burchard. Brendan Burchard is a well-known high-performance coach, and Brendan Burchard teaches coaches how to coach their clients to be high performers. Brendan Burchard has written a book called High Performance Habits. In his book, he talks about how high performers intentionally generate joy and gratitude within themselves as a means to elevate their performance. Each time you give someone sincere positive feedback, you don't just generate positive emotions within yourself. You also evoke within the person you give positive feedback to positive emotions. Positive emotions elevate their performance and positive emotions elevate your performance. It's a win-win. You elevate your performance, their performance, and if they work for a different company, it's good for their company and it's also good for your company. You believe in continuous process improvement. When you look at yourself as a leader, how do you continuously process improve your performance? Do you look at leadership as a learned skill? Do you look at the skill of leadership as being about influence? If you consider it to be influence, then what is the most effective way to influence people? Do you know a more effective way to influence people than affecting positive change that elevates performance through brief interactions? I invite you to build your skill to affect positive change that elevates performance through brief interactions. Utilize how people respond to your action as feedback for continuous process improvement. Today happens to be Sunday, 
And I have a confession to make to you. My confession is I am about helping people. I've always been about helping people. Today, I help people in the most effective way I know how. The most effective way that I can help people is by helping leaders change the lives of the people they lead and serve. This is what I intend to do. My intention is to help you change other people's lives. You can only do this if you take action. Please take action. Here is a call to action I invite you to accept. I invite you to accept this five-day, five-working-day call to action. I want you to invest two to five minutes each workday. In those two to five minutes, express your positive feedback. Give one person positive feedback each day. It must be sincere. And be more specific to have a greater effect. Pay attention to their response. Utilize their initial response as a preliminary indicator as to whether or not you've changed the way they perceive themselves and their situation. Then also pay attention to their long-term response. Utilize their long-term response as a stronger indication that you have affected positive change. Please remember also that sincere positive feedback has a cumulative effect. Do you accept this call to action? Thank you so much, and I will see you next week on Embers and Wind. Take care. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode of Embers and Wind. If you enjoyed today, please come back next week. Please also share this episode with a friend. If you've not already subscribed to Embers and Wind, rated this podcast, and written a review, please do this now. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, you can reach me directly at embersandwind.net. Thank you again for joining us.